Welcome to Is This Real Life? A Bravo podcast that relates our favorite shows to our own lives and the world around us. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. I hope you had a wonderful week. I really appreciate everyone's input from last week's podcast with Chelsea, where we talked about mental health, Bravo, and social media. If you haven't listened to it, I really highly recommend it just because there are so many important topics that we cover. We did talk a bit about not doing armchair diagnoses, especially for people who are certified, you know, psychologists, therapists, all that stuff. I uh, actually do that again this week, though, (laughs) despite saying that it was bad. Just talking again about Rachel and the Vanderpump Rules drama and just my thoughts on some of her behavior. So I guess we all still have a lot to learn, myself included. (laughs) But anyways, you guys are really going to like this week's podcast. I think it might be one of my longest podcasts ever, certainly longest with a single guest. I had such a fun time talking to her. Her name is Ray Sani. I absolutely adore her. I've followed her on Twitter for quite some time. I love her housewives commentary and her humor is, you know, unmatched. So I think you guys are going to really, really enjoy this. Because our interview was so long, I'm actually not going to do much of an intro today. But as always, you know, I'm interested to hear your feedback. So if you have thoughts on this week's podcast, last week's podcast, or anything in general, feel free to reach out to me at Mandy Slutsker on Instagram. As always, if you enjoy the podcast, feel free to go ahead, give it five stars, and leave a kind review. I really do appreciate um, you guys reviewing. It just helps me book more guests on the podcast, people like Ray. All right, um, we're going to take a quick break and then back with Ray Sani. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everyone. I am so excited about this week's guest. Um, Ray Sani is a comedian, a writer. Sometimes she's a podcaster. Um, (laughs) She's been a writer on REL, The President Show, The Good Place, and A Black Lady Sketch Show, among others. She performs stand-up, and she was even named as one of Comedy Central's Up Next Comedians in 2017 and has performed in the New York Comedy Festival. But most important to me, Ray is one of the most prolific housewives tweeters. And that is how (laughs) I have discovered her. She has an opinion on everything and she has facts to back up every statement she makes. It is very impressive. So welcome, Ray. 
What a nice intro. That was astonishingly <laughs> good. Thank you. <laughs> like I told you, I'm really excited. I just, especially your Potomac tweeting. Just, oh, my God. There's certain franchises, like, I feel, like, make Twitter not fun. And oh, I would yes. say the top three would be Potomac, Jersey, Absolutely. and Beverly Jersey. Hills. Beverly Hills doesn't bother me as much because the toxic tweeters on Beverly Hills don't find their way to my timeline. I don't see, I don't, I don't know why I never see the Beverly Hills toxicity. Like I think the only toxic Beverly Hills tweets I saw were from like Lisa Rinna, you know? Maybe maybe it was her actually. Maybe it wasn't the fans (laughs) and it was her. But Jersey, it's like not Jersey as fun to watch because oh my gosh, people the are Teresa crazy. stands are rabid. They're, They're rabid, awful. And I get liking her. You like who you like, you know. But you don't need to go after people's like places of employment, trying yeah. to get people fired. Like it's kind of wild. I've I've been thinking a lot about this because there's a show on OWN actually produced by Carlos. King, which is flopping, but he pays attention to Real Housewives so much, it's bizarre. But he has a show called Love and Marriage Huntsville on OWN, which is um, the show where Sheree's boyfriend Martel, boyfriend in quotations, comes from. And on that show, there's a woman, her name's Melody, and she's Martel's ex-wife. And she has been victimized by the cast and her husband. Like, her husband treated her poorly, which is why Sheree dating him is a crazy idea. But um, she has, like, the the most rabid um, reality fans I've ever seen on the internet. And I am so curious as to what makes someone cult-worthy in that way because like there uh, there's so many other people I can think of besides Teresa or Melody that I would think people would latch themselves onto but for some reason mm, Teresa who has nothing in her brain she's not a smart person she's not you know I I'm so dumbfounded but what about these women make it so that people can project onto them and latch so seriously onto them So last week, I did an in-depth episode with Chelsea Ono-Chels on Instagram, and she's Mm -hmm. a mental health professional, and we discussed online behavior surrounding reality shows, particularly Bravo, Mm -hmm. and there is this, um, what is it called? It's a theory or a phenomenon that... Is like explains why people engage unusually online versus in person, mm-hmm. and it's called the online disinhibition effect. And okay. we like went through the six like components of it, and really, she really latched on to parasocial relationships, yeah. which I was not familiar with. Which is, you know, like people feel like they know Teresa, they feel like they know Melody, they know everything about their families, they've watched them over years, and they don't realize that like, the the Teresa and Melody don't know them back. Right. Yes, and, it's, it's and, and they take up for them and they behave in a certain way that is just can become very toxic. It's it's strange because there's this it's not just that they like love these women or identify with them. They get protective over them in a way that is disturbing. It's like with Melody, uh, her fans will like 
just go after literally anyone, even Melody's friends. Like Melody would be like, this person is my friend. But if they see behavior that isn't 100% loyalty to Melody, they start attacking the friend, even if Melody says, no, this is my friend. And like with Teresa, I mean, like if you even say she did something a little wrong, well, Joel Gorga has been and their mom and their dad and they, and it's just like, whoa, I'm looking at the same TV screen you're looking at. And <laughs> Teresa's being a dickhead in this episode, you know? Also like two things can be true at once. Joe Gorga can be awful and Teresa yeah. can do something dumb. Like, these are not mutually exclusive. They both suck. They grew up in the same household. They probably learned to suck together. You know? Yeah. Like, it's it's so bizarre. It um, is. But people watch these things for different reasons. I watch it because I, you know, I'm just trying to understand people. But uh, sometimes it seems other people turn into or try to become those people. And that's kind of strange, you know? Yeah. Like, I have no interest in ever being on television, anyone following me, like nothing like that. And I, the other thing I don't understand is the loyalty piece. And maybe that's like a, I don't know, like a cultural thing that I just mm-hmm. was not bestowed upon to me. But I, I feel as though I want my friends to tell me the truth right. and maybe not on camera if we were on a show, but to be honest with me about right. how they think and feel about a plethora of things. And this whole, like, like I don't need anyone to back me up. Like, I think mm. I'm pretty good on my own. I don't need a partner to, like, constantly blow, you know, like... I think, you know, that, that shifted once the show started employing people who are not part of a friend group together. Because if we're in a friend group and I care about people on both sides of an argument, I can tell the truth to either one of them. And hopefully they would see that we all care about each other. So we're just trying to get to the root cause of a bad situation. But if we are near strangers, you come onto the show and you're hired to attack me and I'm hired to attack you. Now we have to build allegiances. Now we have to have alliances. Now we're like, You know, and it's disappointing because you'll hear the actual housewives talk about it. Like I like Nini the other week, she did an interview with Carlos King and she talked about alliances. And I'm like, this is not Survivor. Like this is exactly a lifestyle show. And I just kind of hate that it's turned into that. Me too. Me too. I I had a um, person on the podcast who actually likened Jennifer Aiden versus Margaret Josephs as the proxy war for like, it's almost like they have a cold war. I'm like, okay, yeah. it's Russia, you know, because <laughs> Teresa and Melissa can't come out and say everything yes. they want to, that right. they have their proxies like go to battle for them. And it's cre- mm-hmm. and I don't even think Margaret and Jen truly dislike each other. No, they probably don't. They probably would find each other funny. They're the same. They're like, very aside similar. from their internalized misogyny that Jen is on, uh, they're very similar. They have similar senses of humor. They're they have the same level of don't give a fuck. It's, yes, they're they're probably more alike than they are not. Okay, I want to move on to some hot topics. Um, okay. Need to get your thoughts on Croy filing for divorce from Kim again and <laughs> both Kim and her daughter Brielle being sued by credit card companies for failure to pay. Um, 
with regards to Brielle, you learn habits at home. If your mom's not paying her bills, why would you learn that you need to? Mm-hmm. You know, my thing with the Croy refiling for divorce, I can't tell if they like stopped trying to divorce because neither of them could afford it, right? And then Croy's like, no, this woman is actually psycho and I cannot be with her anymore. Because he's apparently, he's asking for alimony, child support, and and the house, right? And, and full, full custody. custody of the kids. Um, I do believe the rumors about her gambling addiction and I can imagine trying to be married to a gambling addict while you're like sinking under debt is probably pretty difficult. And they, I, I think they probably have a good reason to blame one another for a lot of things. And I could see him being resentful that all of his money, his NFL money, the money they made together, everything being gone. I do not want a partner who owes like 150K to American Express. That's nuts. That's It's crazy for a credit card company to actually go after and publicly yeah. sue. It has to be such a problem. Like you probably like what they probably go through collections, right? Mm-hmm. And they've been calling you for years at this point, right? Yeah. Uh, there's probably and she's probably not even hitting the minimums. Like I'm sure there's like a what a one hundred or two hundred dollar minimum a month. Oh, and I she's bet not she's not paying them. at all. Yeah. Damn. That's what I, I mean. I don't think they would take this step. I'll have to ask. I have a friend who works in like the credit card industry. And I'll ask him how often this happens. <laughs> That's that, embarrassing. It, That's embarrassing. Like, can you imagine, like, you, like, first of all, no one's going to give you sympathy because we saw you get money for doing nothing. You had Big Papa, you had all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And so you, you've you already, like, worn out your welcome. We already don't have empathy for you. But for a credit card company to, like, come out and say you owe them this much while all of us have credit card bills that we're like trying to avoid high interest rates on like and and it's so embarrassing for people to i would like i'm right on a strike and times are getting a little tougher but i would be deeply humiliated for anyone to know that i like that i was dead broke or something like that and I'm just a TV writer. You're a person who has been famous. You are selling your Chanel bags on Instagram. You're selling old wigs. Like this is the equivalent. This is the celebrity equivalent of selling plasma. You know, like what? Is oh she my god, doing? that's so true. <laughs> it's crazy. It is. It's crazy. Um, another thing I think is crazy, but would like to get your thoughts um, is. Bethany Frankel's crusade against Bravo. Not what's being alleged. I think some of that stuff is very true and needs to be dealt with. But just the fact that she sees herself as being the savior for the entire (laughs) reality. Like she has crowned herself that. I don't know. Um, And then her interview with Rachel Levis, which was um, I didn't listen to. I didn't listen either. You couldn't get me to. You couldn't pay me to. Um, I think that, uh, she hopped on an opportunity to take advantage of a vulnerable person, which is not me giving Rachel Raquel any particular amount of sympathy, just everyone in the world hates Rachel and she needed a platform to, uh, get her 
version of the story out. And Bethany was willing to take advantage of that for her own purposes. And I don't know what to make of Bethany because I do think that reality TV stars, especially ones that are as impactful as Bethany or Tiffany Pollard, you know, New York from Flavor of Love, or, you know, there are these like big names that have changed the trajectory of certain networks or things like that. Like, I do think that it shouldn't be that VH1 gets to air Flavor of Love for the rest of my life and I don't get anything from it. I understand that. But I don't know that I trust this in Bethany's hands because there's an ulterior motive there. Like, you know, she's it's obviously you're allowed to change your mind, but she it's there was a story this leaked uh, recently that she uh, had pitched a TV show starring Ava Amuri, who's Susan Sarandon's daughter, who I randomly went to high school with. What? But. Okay. <laughs> she was two grades above me, so she wouldn't know me. But um but it was about to it was like supposed to be a lifestyle show about this like socialite who lives in Connecticut and all of this. And then Bethany got rejected by Bravo. They didn't pick up the show. And so then six months later now she's on a crusade against them. Um Again, you're allowed to change your mind and come to realizations in the meantime or in whatever amount of time you do come to them. But, like, it doesn't look good, you know, especially since all she does is talk about Bravo for her podcast, you know, and all, and she's been insulting Bravo, but not for, like, labor reasons this whole time and it's like suddenly when Nini says something and the writer's strike is happening and the Screen Actors Guild strike is happening she gets an idea and she's now like the queen of uh, labor movements which is crazy to me it's so obnoxious and I mean moving on from Bethany but just focusing on Rachel her family sucks like they suck they're not getting her good advisors. No. I think she it doesn't have the wherewithal to make good decisions. And if she mentioned that she wanted to start a podcast, if you want to start a podcast, you should use your own podcast own to tell your story. Mm-hmm. I Absolutely. would listen to that. I'm not going to listen to Bethany, but I'll listen to mm-hmm. Rachel tell her own story in her own words. Mm-hmm. And she missed that opportunity. And so... I also would have just gone away. Like, I would have... Yeah, I mean... I would not have... <laughs> would not I, show my like, face on this earth anymore. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, or even even if, like, you know, like, even if she had not gone away permanently, what I would have done is, like, okay, I would have given the apology that I gave, the first apology, not been on Instagram or anything for like six months, come back with another apology. I've reflected, I'm really sorry to everyone I've hurt, et cetera, et cetera. I'm a better person now. All I can do is show the public and my family and friends that I'm a better person. Actions will be louder than words or whatever. And then you start your new public journey. But she just was too greedy. Like the family kept pushing her out there. And it it just seems like, Everything was handled so poorly. The only person who handled this brilliantly was Ariana. Like, mm-hmm. I I just don't understand why uh, 
why she did that. I, I honestly don't get why she wanted to talk. I wouldn't talk. And I would have broken up with Tom right away. That's also the other thing that was stupid. Like she didn't, she kept seeing him, which was like very strange. Once the affair blew up, you were never going to be together. And like, I don't buy being 27 or however old she is as an excuse. Like I knew at 27 that be, uh, being a mistress doesn't necessarily make you the next wife. And certainly if you become the wife, you have to watch your back and see if a man is going to be cheating on you too. I don't know. She's, I, I don't know that I buy that she's naive. I just think she's stupid. I, I Yeah. And I think she's very troubled mentally. Really? I do. Yeah, I'm. In like what way? Without like diagnosing. So I did. (laughs) With Brian Moylan, I like read the DSM-5 out loud on a podcast. And I apologize in advance. I have no clinical psychology Mm -hmm. training and social work. Like that is not my thing. But I think she has dependent personality disorder. And if you look. I've never even heard of that. It's a cluster C personality disorder. I have looked at it extensively. I was convinced while I was watching her for years that something was off with her, but I couldn't figure out what it was. And it's, I just think it, not that it excuses, but it explains some of her behavior. And I think a lot of it stems from the period of time when she, before she was adopted. So she came out. And this could be incorrect, but multiple people on the Vanderpump Rules cast have said that the story that she told about her birth mom giving birth to her and then the birth mom's sister, her aunt adopting her, is not exactly how it played out. That there was a period of time where she was not in the custody of either. And then the aunt stepped in. And during oh, wow. that period, you know, the, the, that zero to three, you know, two period is like the most important for brain development and attachment. Like I feel that a lot of children who don't have like the proper care at that age develop issues later on. Okay. Okay. I mean, I can buy that, but what exactly is dependent? Not like exactly, obviously. Let me look it up. Because this is, I know. And I literally just did this podcast about how we're not supposed to, diagnose people but I also think that is more for people who actually have that profession because it's part of their code of ethics mm-hmm. not to um and I never say this about people but okay let me find the like Mayo Clinic <laughs> she's looking at the Mayo Clinic yeah 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 <laughs> oh dude I am okay this is it relies on others too much and feels the need to be taken care of is submissive or clingy towards others fears having to take care of self if left alone Mm -hmm. lacks confidence and abilities needs Mm -hmm. a lot of advice and comforting from others to make even small decisions finds it hard to do or start projects due to lack of self-confidence Find it hard to disagree with others, fearing they will not approve. Endures Mm -hmm. poor treatment or abuse even when other options are available. Mm -hmm. Has an urgent need to start a new relationship when a close one ends. Mm -hmm. Okay. I could be wrong. Okay. I can can buy that. I can buy that. That's my theory and I'm sticking to it. I could be 100% wrong and I, I do not claim to have any true knowledge 
of of her or her situation. I just don't think the type of behavior that she exhibited is that of someone who is like of 100% sound mind. Yeah, but the thing is like, okay, but your illness is not my problem. Exactly. Like, no, it's not. It's, like, it's her you problem. You don't get to fuck, you don't get to fuck my boyfriend just because no. you might have some and shit going on. You I think know? a lot of people who do have personality disorders do not do this sort of thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's just, I I mean, think- I just, I thought that that was really egregious. Like, I would be, um, I don't know what I would do if I were Ariana. Honestly, one of my greatest fears is embarrassment, like humiliation. It's like really my biggest fear. And to be publicly humiliated. And I know Ariana said, I'm not humiliated. They are, you know, but like to to watch yourself be good to somebody as they're disrespecting you and playing in your face, in your space. It would be one thing if they were doing it over there, but in my house, when my grandma is being buried, like just all these things that were meant to cause pain and embarrassment. And I just can't get over that. Like Sandoval was really cruel for some of those things he did. And Rachel too, when she's asking Ariana, like, Oh, you know, like, are you guys still intimate? Like, are you sure you want to be with? It was so devious, which is why I can't give her the naivete or anything like that. Because that act right there was so devious and cruel and evil, even if she had been snowed by Sandoval. The fact that she went up to this woman and tried to talk her out of being with her boyfriend that she was already fucking, that's nuts. That's crazy to me. Yeah, it's really bad. I I do feel like people have been focusing on Rachel a lot just because she's been speaking out more recently. But Sandoval, I feel like orchestrated the whole thing convinced. I mean, she's Rachel still thinks that the relationship wasn't a good one that they had. And so it made it okay. You know, yeah. it was like they were glorified roommates or something that was. I actually not don't the case. think he ever meant to. I also don't think he ever meant to leave Ariana. Like, I'm convinced that he would have had two girlfriends for as long as he wanted. I think this whole story about them falling in love and it being so... I think he thought he could keep it a secret. Oh, my God. Or, like, just just got reckless and didn't care anymore. Because, like, maybe people buy that story that he's going to break up with Ariana off camera and but I don't buy that because he would have been figuring out he's still living with Ariana right now he would have been figuring out a way to get out of that house get out of that um, financial burden that they're both under because of the house like he made no exit strategy no exit plans he's stuck I don't think a person who was planning to leave has no, no exit strategy and you I personally don't think that you carry on a seven-month affair if you plan to leave your partner. You leave your partner earlier than that, in my opinion. I'm convinced now. (laughs) You convinced (laughs) me completely. Now, speaking of people who just don't give a fuck and will lie and lie and lie, Bob Whitfield... (laughs) (laughs) Taking a hard turn to The Real Housewives of Atlanta this week. I don't know if I've ever been more shocked by something. And, and, you know, I'm sure I could think of a moment, but right now I can't on Housewives where my mouth hung open when we found out that the woman that Bob brought to the Sip and See 
was his own daughter that he had prior to being with Sheree that Sheree didn't know existed and was in the family photos thinking that was his new girlfriend. Girlfriend. Um, Bob has some audacity, but we've seen his audacity on Real Housewives of Atlanta before. This is the same guy who like stuck his tongue out at Sheree when, when Phaedra failed to help her secure child support. I am so, first of all, like, did we hear that? Like the kids had met the daughter already. Yes. The two sons. So. Like, what was Bob's purpose in keeping that a secret from Sheree that long? If the kids had mixed and mingled already. I feel like her. And to humiliate her by introducing her at Sheree's event being filmed for the show. I think he doesn't even, I don't think he's ever considered Sheree's feelings ever and anytime he's made a decision. And that's just like very obvious. But my take on it, I rewatched it and I was like, is this a child that he didn't know was his until more recently? Still mention it. No, I know. I would, especially before bringing them to a thing. <laughs> I think if it was Sheree's daughter that had met her, the daughter would have said something to Sheree. Okay. That's but what I, that's my, I just think like Cairo just, and he's got a lot going on right now. Like uh, he yeah, had a pregnant a girlfriend baby. then he's got a newborn. Yeah. Like, I don't think he's, you know, thinking about all of that. And he probably just assumes that his mom like knows. But it wouldn't come up in conversation like, oh, what'd you do today? Oh, ma, I hung out with my sister. Like something. <laughs> I think he's a man of few words. I could be wrong. I feel like every time he's on screen, he just doesn't do the talking. All the women around him do the talking. They all talking about how handsome he is I know. all the time. He's it's what's so, happening. so handsome. <laughs> and his girlfriend's ridiculous. beautiful and his daughter is stunning. I yeah, mean, it's like... Great looking family. But Sheree is beautiful. And so Sheree's daughter, the um, Cairo sister, is so pretty. They're all stunning. Like, they all should be models. They're lucky looking at Bob Whitfield. Things could have worked out a lot differently. (laughs) They all got Sheree's, like, cheekbones. and Thankfully. Oh, my gosh. This sip and see was one of the funniest things I've ever witnessed. It was was pretty crazy. First of all, just Sheree. Okay, how am I having a party for my newborn grandchild where I have four outfit changes? <laughs> I know. It's like only a housewife, right? Like, yes. And you Come know, on. like, all of that costs so much money those floral arrangements, those balloons. It looked beautiful, it incredible, look nice. but none of those people are going to get paid. Who? <laughs> I was just about to ask. Who who's paying for that? But then I just nobody nobody nobody. (laughs) And then she's like, I got you publicity. You were featured on the Real Housewives of Atlanta. That is that's literally she's been bartering camera time for 15 years at this point. Oh, my God. I would be so that's another thing. I would be so humiliated if it were my reputation that I don't pay bills. I don't think she gets as humiliated as she should. Yeah, because she's not embarrassed about she by Sheree. She's not embarrassed. She's not. She's never embarrassed. She she's never embarrassed when she should be. 
Yeah, it's like she doesn't have the capacity for shame. No, she's shameless. <laughs> I wish I could have a little bit of that. I like, know, my God. <laughs> always walking around like, oh, that was pretty bad. Oh, oh yes. what do people think of me? Meanwhile, like, no one cares about Charade, most things. And also, Charade does not care when they are thinking about her and they are talking about she her. She just, she's like, they're talking about me. <laughs> yes, she's so delighted to be mentioned that she does not care. And like, and then people in Atlanta, like, why are you still doing business with Charade? Like, why would I would never do you hear me? I don't care what kind of break I needed. I would never perform a service for that woman. I wouldn't either. I And people it's should kind all of kind like, of know in this space, right? Like right. people who it's do that work. Like, signing up to work for Donald Trump and thinking you're going to get paid, you know, and thinking like, you're not going to get indicted. Yeah, like <laughs> that too. It's like what? Yeah, it's the and and the thing is the the rule of Donald Trump and this is the same with Sheree is like he's Teflon. Like things don't stick to him, but they stick mm-hmm. to you. They absolutely people do. think they can and get so away now with you're the he, person. Yes. Now you're the person who didn't get paid and is also paying going to a, a bail bondsman oh because God. you're indicted. <laughs> um. This Anthony character, who probably doesn't get paid, one and of probably not one of the assistants of Sheree, allegedly and Drew, formerly and, well, formerly of Drew, allegedly assaulted Drew at a nightclub by throwing a shoe at her. What do so, we make of this? Here's the thing: um, I can believe that that man threw a shoe at her. I can also believe that it didn't happen in the exact way that Drew told us. Like, Drew is such a liar. And she has been a liar since we met her. She showed up lying. So I do not, and Drew loves to victimize herself as well. I do not believe that that man just walked past her um, table in VIP and chucked a shoe at her. I'm sure there was some back and forth talking and she reduced the exchange down to the assault. I believe I can believe he threw the shoe at her though. Um and if I were her I wouldn't have gone into the party either. Yeah, like, no, I don't Sheree, blame her at all. Like Sheree, you know this man. You you know what he did just last year on camera. So before we even get to the assault that happened at the lounge, which I found out was Lanithia Lounge, so it was at Nini's old place. What? So before the assault that happens at Lanithia, you saw what he did to me on camera last year. Mm-hmm. We like Andy hung up on him at the reunion. Do you remember? Like we're so Sheree, you're clearly trying to make trouble by inviting him here. And he was clearly ready to get a moment because the minute Candy said anything, he's like, and and Drew and he's the worst. He's so he was I looking for him. a moment. He sucks. He sucks so much. He sucks so much. He was looking for a moment. I just don't understand why Sheree would invite him to that party and why Sheree would invite someone who would likely disrupt her grandchild's sippancy. Like, Sheree's an idiot. She's stupid. But I think she's think she she thinks she's producing the same way that in like that first season that she didn't let Nini into whatever oh, party right, right. was at her house. Like I think she's thinking, oh, this will be good TV. But it wouldn't have been. No one cares about Anthony. I know. And, I know. And Drew is Drew rarely gives you the fight moment that you're looking for. She's usually she usually is like, what is going on? I didn't like that you said that. You hurt my feelings. She's not a like get snappy going back yeah, and forth. Yeah, she's not a candy. Girl. She doesn't get it. Yeah. Anger. 
No. So I don't understand what Sheree was looking for. Oh, my gosh. I have to ask your opinion, especially if you've been listening to Carlos King's podcast, because I have not. I have not been listening. I don't listen. <laughs> I, see, I, I listen to other podcasters recapping him. Yeah. OK. I can't handle his voice. I've tried. No, it's, it's a lot. And his like kissing ass. It's yes. It's not for me. Um, but he had Kenya on and Kenya, Kenya. <laughs> apparently is kind of trying to share this narrative, which I believe uh, is that production is sort of kind of trying to cut her or nudge her out. Like she had this whole storyline about opening a hair salon and spa, and that was cut in favor of Marlo's charity event that not like even that many people showed up to. It was just yeah. very odd. We had not even heard of that charity really. Um, so I, I believe her. They are cutting her out. Um, I just think it would be a big mistake for Bravo to get rid of Kenya of all people. Um, what is confusing to, or what I think is what my conspiracy theory is, is that, um, the production team of Atlanta was brought down from Potomac after the um, COVID season because the COVID season was a flop, but a lot of COVID seasons were flops. Mm -hmm. But the, the Potomac producers are the Atlanta producers. And if you've seen the last couple of seasons, uh, like in the post Candace Monique fight era of uh, Potomac, it's, such a different show now and i think he's trying to bring that energy to atlanta which is we don't care about people's businesses anymore we don't care we want to see conflict amongst the women but i don't think that that's fun because all this conflict feels manufactured like what is courtney's problem like who cares you know what is manietta bringing up the b word for like people call people bitch all the time like what is this controversy for like Marlo pretending she hates candy over her dead nephew. Like this was all very like strange inorganic stuff and the stuff that is organic, like us watching Kenya build her business or even like, I know that candy wasn't around for a lot of filming, but candy is part of an R and B group that's touring. Maybe there's like footage to be caught of candy, like on the road, you know, like, there's interesting storylines to chase. Uh, like people keep calling for a reboot of Atlanta and I don't think Atlanta really necessarily needs a reboot. I think both Atlanta and Potomac probably need new production teams because there's stuff to be got out of them. Like, you know, like even I remember at the reunion, Candace talked about like, why are you talking about my husband? And she said, I don't know, she called Giselle's uterus shriveled, which wasn't great, but no. like, that's a that's a valid point in that there was a storyline about Giselle that could have been followed. Instead, you followed this like manufactured story about my husband. And like, when was the last time we talked about Robin's businesses? When was the last time we talked about what Giselle does outside of raise her kids? Like Giselle's a socialite in Maryland. We never see any evidence of that. Why not? You know, and it's because the shows keep trying to focus on these like intra-group like rivalries or whatever and i'm genuinely not that interested in fake fights you know i'd watch wrestling for that if i wanted to see i like fight. authentic fighting 
I don't like inauthentic. I don't like inauthentic yeah. anything, even if it's charity work. It's like you can tell that this person doesn't know anything about the charity, that they don't care, mm-hmm. you know. But unless it's, you know, has a funny name like Homeless Not Toothless. Homeless so. Not Toothless. That's exactly that, what that, I was thinking about. That was incredible. <laughs> that was like one of the... Toothless Not Homeless. Homeless It's not teeth. toothless. It's like, oh, it, you know, you may be unhoused, but we'll make sure you've got a great smile. <laughs> just like, so I did look it up and it's actually like a really incredible charity and they use the acronym HNT. They don't actually go out constantly calling themselves homeless, not toothless, because like they know that sounds terrible and they're actually trying to help people access housing and other sorts of care. It's not just dental work for people who are unhoused. Well, they should have hired a better PR person than Dorit. Well, Dorit was... <laughs> and Kathy Hilton was there to say exactly what we were all thinking. Oh, my God. I'm going to miss Kathy on this upcoming Me season. Too. She's Me Her too. kookiness, even if it's inauthentic, it felt authentic. It feels real. And I don't think that it's... To- like, obviously, there are moments where she's really sharp. But I do think she's like that. I think so, too. But I think she can also be really nasty and mean and conniving. And I don't think she wants anyone to see that side of her. So she puts I mean, on... Think about Kim, think about Kyle, think about Paris. They're all nasty and conniving and mean, but they're like, I I enjoy Kim. And sometimes I enjoy Paris. Kyle doesn't bother me too much, you know? No, no, I actually don't think Kyle's mean. I think she learned the behavior to like keep up in the family, but I don't think she's innately someone that wants to hurl insults. No, I don't think she she gets a lot more hurt than the other sisters. That's true. That's true. That's true. But I do think, like, I do think Kyle is very capable of a of a nasty remark out of the side of her mouth. Totally. And then, you know, cleans really nicely and, you know, smiles really big and you still think she's nice. I mean, I don't think you're best friends with Kris Jenner by being a sweet girl. Fair. I actually don't know a lot about Kris Jenner. I somehow miss the Kardashian train. Like, I... Uh-oh. The only thing I know um, is that her ex represented OJ and regretted it, <laughs> and then he died. And then she um, she conspired with her daughter to leak a sex tape with Ray J. That became the most sold, the highest sold uh, official porn tape in history. And, uh, and then she turned that into a career for all of her children. And I don't think... I don't think that's a particularly noble thing to do, but it is very impressive. <laughs> it is impressive. It is. I mean, very impressive. They have to be really smart, and those and you have to be very calculating. And mm-hmm. she also groomed her children to be that way. I mean, like even to this day, the way that they leak stories to the press to shape narratives while having a reality show. While, you know, like back then, a reality TV star wasn't invited to red carpets. Like, not only is she a reality TV star, but she literally is a porn star and now she is one of the most sought after socialites i mean kim married kanye west and i'm sure that really helped with her reputation but just the idea that all of these things were like possible in her lifetime her mom did a lot of that and so you have to be pretty clever to pull some shit off like that yeah i've i've heard kim is actually supposed to be very nice and very hardworking from people, but I can never get over her the disrespect of my home state that she showed when she married Chris Humphreys. 
So, <laughs> Are you from Minnesota? <laughs> oh, yeah. And I went to high school at a rival high school of Chris Humphreys. I went to basketball games. I actually think <laughs> Wait, I cheered at basketball games that he was playing did you, in. Did you, do you guys like Chris Humphrey? He was just really dumb. Yeah, he seems like it. No, like he was known to be just like not, like people were just like, okay, like he might need a little help to get through. Like, <laughs> kind of, you know, like I think teachers. <laughs> Someone took his SATs for him. Is that how he got into college? <laughs> I don't know. One of his best friends who was actually in the wedding and either his best man, I think the best man in the wedding is a kid that I went to the Minneapolis Jewish day school with. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> His name is Josh Katroser. And when I tell you, I did not watch that wedding, but I had a roommate who did. And as I looked at the TV and was like, I know that guy. We, I know both of those guys. It was like, psh, like I, you know, it was a while ago. It was pre Kanye. And and that um and that marriage only lasted like ninety seventy two days. days. And 72. she said that she didn't want to move to Yeehaw, Minnesota. <laughs> and I was like, "Fuck you, Kim Kardashian. We don't want you anyhow." Well, you know, if you I, that that era, I did kind of dibble dabble in and out of the show. That's probably and the most interesting like, era. Yeah, I'm not interested in them now. They're too uh, brand conscious and media savvy. So there's not back then there was like a little honesty, but now there's like no honesty. But uh, you could tell that they shouldn't have gotten married. I think, though, that because she had created a season of television surrounding that, that there was no possible way that she couldn't go through with the marriage on camera. But Totally. They hated each other, I feel like. I he, yes. He deeply resented everything she stood for. And I was like, so why are you doing this? Um, but the, he was a um, middling at best NBA player. Like he wasn't particularly good. So I just didn't understand. Maybe he thought that that would get him more recognition or he'd ask for more on his contract. I don't know why I don't he married think her. he thinks that way. <laughs> I don't know how I thought to you were going to stop at thinks. I just. <laughs> And not that there's something wrong with him. I just think his he's not someone who thinks through things. Okay. At all. That just made no sense to me. I would never marry someone I very obviously hate. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I have no idea. And he, and he prolonged the divorce. Like he was really trying to get a lot of money off of her. Uh, and he like accused her of cheating on him because she was dating Kanye before the divorce was finalized. He was messy. He was a little messy after that, you know. Oh, yeah, I could see. Or someone <laughs> else on his behalf being messy, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Like, I don't know if he has it in him to be that messy, but a right. good lawyer does. He's, like, completely disappeared. Like, I don't think I've seen a picture of him. Because he's never wanted to be famous. I don't think that's his thing at all. So then why'd you marry Kim I Kardashian? I don't think he thinks through things. I think he's like, oh, this is my girlfriend. She's really hot. Okay. Like, okay. Yeah. Probably the really like, hot I don't part. think he's thinking about, and he, and I think he, she said she wanted to be a mom. I think he really wanted a family mm -hmm. and wanted to raise them in Minnesota. And when she realized that he actually meant that and it wasn't just some <laughs> cute idea, she was like, hell no. <laughs> Which I understand. I can't live there anymore either. It's too cold. <laughs> it is. 
I used to drive to school some days wearing a full knit ski mask. Why does anyone live there again? <laughs> I didn't know that was abnormal until I went to college. Oh, wow. Okay. Like, and so then what was the culture? Was there culture shock for you? Yeah. Well, also, most kids want to look cool. So they even in the cold, they'll wear their letter jacket, which is just like not appropriate for cold weather. Um, (laughs) And they won't wear gloves. I was not a kid that was concerned with my image. I was like, (laughs) it's cold as hell. And the snot inside my nose is turning to icicles. (laughs) So and, you know, we didn't have a three car garage. We had a two car garage. My parents had cars. I had a shitty car that was on the driveway so in the morning I would turn it on you know and I would get on top of the car and I would chip the ice away (laughs) and then and I'll never forget this one morning in like January it was 24 below and I kept going and checking the news and being like like, is that are they really not going to cancel? Like this really feels like it's hard to it's hard to (laughs) breathe you know cancel school and no I, that was oh, wow. I, I put I was like I found a ski mask put it on and was like all right we're doing this <laughs> that is insane I couldn't possibly imagine that I mean I still remember yeah. the blizzard of 96 and I'm sure that's nothing for you guys well we didn't have as much snow as cold like we got a lot of okay. snow but we're not like buffalo we don't have like <laughs> okay. the lake effect situation but the cold okay. like the extreme cold there was one time where they had to shut the entire state down except for emergency workers because Wowza. it was so dangerous to be outside like frostbite if you stood outside for like the smallest amount of time it was That's 30 crazy. it was 35 below without wind chill I do not understand why you people choose to live I did it I mean well my dad he came from Russia so I don't think he like, he was just like, oh, this is normal. <laughs> this was my, like, he's like, we didn't have ski masks back then. We just, like, <laughs> oh, we just yes. got phosphor, you know, frostbite and tuberculosis and all the other sorts and, of things. And went to school anyway. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, it, yeah. So once, and then, of course, like, once my parents got older, they got a house in Naples, Florida, and oh, planned course. retirement there because they were just like, this is so crazy. So. But I love that they made you suffer your childhood before they decided it was time to go. <laughs> I know. It's. And anyways, and my brother moved back and I went to go visit to see him and my niece and my sister-in-law in February. And when I landed, it was 15 below. Oh, no. Mm-mm. I would be like, you have to come visit me, all three. <laughs> no, <laughs> I was crazy. like helping babysit for the weekend. So I was like, okay, what did I used to do when I lived there? And I was like, oh, I wore two pairs of pants like for most of high school. <laughs> <laughs> I had did like you have thermals. I had thermal like like tights, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, so they weren't bulky at all. And then I would wear jeans. That's I. My goodness gracious. I was cold all the time. That's crazy. That is nice. That is okay, nice. this well, is quite, God bless you for, quite a tangent. For finding the warm. I know. The best part is, though, like being Jewish in Minnesota, like people call us the frozen chosen. <laughs> <laughs> and I've always thought that was pretty funny. That's really funny, actually. Okay, okay, frozen chosen. I feel like that's a it's good, like a like, sense t-shirt. of pride, kind of, yeah. you know? 
but it's like um, a good T-shirt. I think I would wear that. For totally. The yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, Atlanta. So basically, I'm worried about them trying to reboot. Um, but I feel like we've still got enough from Candy and uh, Kenya that they should mm-hmm. not go. And I actually no. think Marlo needs to be demoted because or I gone agree. entirely. I agree. I want to, I love being like, I was right. But I remember being like, nope, I can't stop. I've never liked Marlo. I've never enjoyed her. I think she's too much of a low blow. And I don't find her charming enough to compensate for how unlikable she can be. So when they were going to promote Marlo, I was like, I don't know about that. Mm -hmm. I don't know about that. And then like, she makes her debut just calling Candy a whore out the gate. It was just kind of like, I don't know. I don't enjoy her energy. And um, if she's not going to be honest and share her life with us, as Kenya has pointed out on numerous occasions, and it's like, what is Marlo here for? The story with the nephews, okay. Well, they've acclimated a little bit better now. So what else is going on with you, Marlo? You clearly have an income besides Real Housewives. So what is it? And I'm not like looking for a prostitution story or to corroborate what Kenya and Candy have said about her being a sex worker. I just want to know what she does every day. And we I have no sense of that. Yeah, I, I disagree with the low blows because it makes it so that the other women won't even argue with her. Like they yeah. won't even have, they won't engage at all because they know that she hits too low and they're like, that's not worth my time. And then we don't right. get to see the best of Ken- like Kenya. Kenya mm-hmm. is incredible at sparring with her words, but she's just not willing to do it with Marlo anymore. And it's, and it's kind of like, um, I know that there's this like, false reality that happens where like because you work with someone even though they're loathsome and you don't like them you have to get past things for the sake of story or the you know forward progression of the show but like marlo is crazy because she will really just be as dark as possible and just assume that the fact that they're co-workers means everyone should just get over it and it's like just some insults are too expensive that you can't just like my mom doesn't love me and you know my story like that's a little too much and like the rumor is that at that um at that uh, retreat that they did in Georgia last season Part of why Kenya refused to talk to her was that she called Brooklyn a test tube baby. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, I'm not coming back from that. Like I waited until I was damn near 50 and and married a monster just so I could have this child. When everyone had told me I'd been infertile, Phaedra told me I would get a sperm, all kinds of things. This is the love of my life. And you call her a test tube baby? I know. No, and I think can't. she went farther than that. Oh, wow. I think she said that Brooklyn was from an egg donor. Oh, wow. Which there's like, that's how so many children come to be these days. And but but even but it's, if that's it's, true, it's none of your business. It's none and of it's your business. not and, mentionable on national TV. But saying it as an insult is also yeah. such a horrible thing to say for like so many families that that is how right. they've made a family is if like that's not a valid way or a that's valid, not your yeah. child. Yeah, it's, um, it's, yeah, Marlo can be really cruel. And I know that she's probably carrying all kinds of stuff that came through her childhood. But like, 
at some point it's your responsibility to take care of your traumas, you know, yeah. like we, you don't get to dump on people for the rest of your life just because your mom fucked up. It's like, all right, tough titties. Like you got to fix it. And if it's damaging your relationships and affecting your ability to perform at work, ultimately this is a job, then like get it together. You know, I don't think she wants to. I don't think she has yeah. like a desire to achieve a level of like st- emotional stability. I just don't see that for her. I don't know why. It sort of seems like she demands you accept her like she, she is. is. Yep. As opposed to trying to be better, which is not great. Any other thoughts on Atlanta before we head to New York? I don't care about Drew being a lesbian. Do you care? Um, no, I do care about the divorce. I'm very. Do I care about the divorce? I I do. I I think I want to see how it plays out because we've seen how he's messed with her for so long. And I think some of her behavior in line is because she's been with him that she's like, Mm -hmm. either she's like that. I think a little bit has. Like because in the reunion trailer, Candy is like, I think you'd be gaslighting Ralph too, and so I'm curious to see what the evidence for that might be, and what Ralph's version of their divorce story is. And, yes, but I like I we've only known them for two seasons, three seasons, so like I'm not that invested, you know. And I've always been off put by Ralph. I don't super like drew so it's like okay two horrible people are leaving each other you know so like, i like drew for the show i really think she's like the future she seems i need her to stop lying though. yes but maybe with him gone she'll actually be able to find her true authentic self um maybe but i think that it has maybe she has like ralph the pressure of ralph making her a liar but also she seems to be like a pastor's kid who doesn't want to admit on tv that she's a lesbian for That's example what i was wondering if it was a religious thing or if it was it could be some combination of everything i guess yeah <sighs> but i also don't care <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, Do you care about the reboot of Roni? I cared for two weeks and now I just check in and out. Okay. Did you, are there any people on the show that you're particularly enjoying? Um, I'm just here for Jenna Lyons. I'm a Jenna Lyons fan. Um, And I don't know how I feel about the others. I just know that I don't enjoy Brynn, even though everyone else does. I don't know how I feel about her. I feel like she, we understand her backstory now, but that doesn't make it okay for you to flirt with like someone's husband and dad, like so brazenly and then be like, it's a joke. It's a joke. At their like, yeah, it's, it's like vow renewal. One comment. Sure. But like doing it for five minutes straight, at least that was what was on film. It felt just like, why are you? I think she's just jealous. I think she's jealous of that marriage and how they seem to be a good match for each other. Mm-hmm. But can we talk about how tacky it was? It was it was it was astonishingly tacky. But I also think that like um which is why I was very put off by her like from episode one. 
I think that she is always looking to create a moment. And I don't know if she's like that off camera, but it's certain it's certainly clear to me, like before she says something outrageous, you know, like you see her eyes dance, like you see, like she's telegraphing that she's about to do something crazy. And so (laughs) I just feel like there's no way she doesn't know what she was doing was inappropriate. There's no way she doesn't know that. So she's doing it because she wants to be the person that people are on TV laughing at flirting with the husband. Like she wants it to be a thing. And it's just like, I'm tired of people trying to make things either things are things or they aren't things, but you can't make them things. And it's not like, I don't think it's, especially since like, I know that she and Aaron are friends or were friends at the time, but they're not, there's no way we're close enough for this to be. Okay. I think that's what Aaron said. And I think Bryn was like, you're right. I think she made a statement on Mm -hmm. social media, which was like, that was inappropriate. I love Aaron. I called her the next day. I felt bad. Like, that kind of stuff. But when you're talking about authenticity, the one person on the show that I think is being actually very authentic is Jessel. And I Oh yes, she can't help herself. She can't and this episode was the first one where I was like, "Oh, she's great for this." She's made <laughs> like I was like, "Okay, okay, like she's, you know, saying these things and whatever, but she was incredible this episode. She doesn't even try and no. it just her and her husband, their back and forth is so funny and so. Do you think? <laughs> do you do you think do you think their marriage is as bad as they're saying? No, I no. think they actually are. It's based on friendship, which yeah. makes it a lot easier to, I don't know, get through stuff. Fall out of sex. <laughs> yeah, I mean, twins are crazy, you know, I yeah, and having a C-section is also something that I know a lot of women have difficulty afterwards with like their okay. bodies, you know, even just doing physical things like exercising. I've had friends that say I've never felt the same doing yoga since. Oh, wow. Okay. Like my whole then- abdomen feels off. I, I do think they need to go to have, therapy. Yes, then. that seems to be a bit of an issue but they are so funny I don't know they're so funny I I think that they do this sort of bit where they rag on each other but they actually love each other and I of don't course. think I understood the love until this this week this week where I was like okay. oh there's actual love there and um I saw her husband his name's Pavit, right and yeah. and so I saw him comment on social media like He commented on like a picture, like someone had made a meme of like the fire festival plate and was like, oh, you know, I was starving at Aaron's house or whatever. And he commented like he was starving. And I was like, oh, he's like actively participating in this thing. So it's not like he hates his wife. He doesn't want to be on the show. It's like. I think they're finding humor and watching it back because she is laughing. People are tagging her in memes and she's like, oh my God, like where she looks like an idiot and she's just laughing at herself. Right. And I'm like, oh, which is good. It's a great way to approach TV. Yeah. I, I really loved it. We know, when they were talking about that private preschool application and that's going to be $62,000 a year. And I was like, what preschool charges 31,000 per student? And usually mm-hmm. like at least for daycare, if you have t- twins, they'll give you some of a discount. Discount, because, right? 
it's like, come on, it's not easy. And then, but these um, New York City schools—I <laughs> mean, you have people like putting their kids' names on lists when they're like not one even, year old. Yeah. So, I mean, I went to one of these like fancy private schools, but I was a scholarship kid or whatever. But like, I remember, <laughs> I remember like Ethan Hawk or somebody tried to get their kid into our school for like. Pre-K, they call them threes. They have the twos and the threes and the fours. Um, and, like, uh, he got rejected. Like, Ethan Hawke's kid oh. got rejected. So, like, I mean, these... And mine is, like, a silly Brooklyn school with no grades. So, can, I can't imagine there was the no stuffy school. No grade levels or no, no like, no, no, A grade. through F? No grades. A through got F, it. nothing. You got... Um, we got, like, checklists. It would be like, oh, this student is satisfactory in this and then so first and third quarter was checklist and then second and fourth quarter would be like page long reports from each um, teacher wow yeah it you think really that was helps a- you get into college <laughs> <laughs> i was like oh, it's like wow. having 10 recommendations instead of just the three that's amazing um so I can see why they would want to go to this private school. Although doesn't New York have some also really incredible public schools? Yes, but I don't think that like, I don't think that the incredible public schools are like as easy to maneuver around for like elementary level. So like if you like you can get into like magnet um, junior high schools and then you can get into specialized high schools like Stuyvesant and Bronx Science. You know, you've heard of yeah. those. But, um, but like unless you live in a great neighborhood where the property taxes are high, then you're not going to have like access to the best elementary school. Although recently someone told me that New York got rid of zones uh, but you still have to do some maneuvering to get your kid into a certain school if you want. It's not easy. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I just, I, I don't know. It just seems so pretentious to ask, like, what boards are you on? And it's like, your kids in preschool, you have time to be on boards? You yeah, know, that's, like, that's for when your kids are a little older, you know, t- t- or when you don't have kids. Like, yeah, exactly. It's not for it's people really, with little kids. There's no, <laughs> with like, pre-K. And also, like, why does it matter what board I'm on? Like, am I going to pay the tuition or what? <laughs> like, it's Is they it? want a certain type of person. So when she said the fried chicken committee and he was like, it's the Street Food Association of New York City. That he's on. <laughs> I mean, yes. that won me over because she was so serious. She's like, what's your like fried chicken committee? <laughs> it's just it's too, too good. I, I just love it. I love I'm very a big fan of them now that I feel like I understand the dynamic, which I didn't for the first like six episodes. We need more though from the other women. I mean, um, I don't know anything about Uba really. Um, Yeah. I don't really care much for Sai. Sai seems kind of cold Mm -hmm. and just kind of mean. I don't mm-hmm. know. I just, she's not someone that I would gravitate towards. I no. like Erin. Um, I like Erin too, but everyone keeps throwing her politics in my face. And I'm like, damn, do I get to like she her? She did go on a podcast and try and explain herself. Oh, you don't explain. How do you explain that? I mean, she said that she's had a change of mind and heart and she was wrong. 
but it's hard to be wrong for all those years. You Four know? years. Because it's not, it was like an entire, it wasn't until January 6th that I think she was like, oh shit. Um, but at the same time. But also in New York City, which is weird. It's a Jew, it's like an Israel thing. It's oh, okay, gotcha. That's what she said, and I knew it immediately because okay. I know that kind of person because I'm Jewish. And there's not many of us that vote that way. You know, my mm-hmm. dad gets like a pass because he's a Soviet refugee and they're traumatized by communism mm-hmm. and, and vote as if they're traumatized by communism. Right. But um, most Jews like are very liberal. Liberal, especially very, in New York. <laughs> I know. But once you get to sort of like Israel and especially more Orthodox, and I don't know her, her family is like more modern Orthodox. That it's, okay. But her, she said that her mom was on some committee for like Joe Biden's election. So I don't think it's, I wonder if it's her husband and his his family that is. Yeah. But I think there's just a lot of. And also like he's a well-to-do guy. He's a well-to-do like Manhattan rich dude. He's probably thinking taxes. But that doesn't usually impact like, like Jews. Like that's not usually the thing that but but maybe it is for him. But she said it was really all about Israel and concerns yeah, okay. she had about. What was Joe Biden going to do to Israel? Nothing. A lot of people are upset at Obama's um, Iran nuclear deal situation that are very like concerned about Israel safety. I don't know. I mean, I don't think I don't think Trump would. <laughs> it's not like he it's not like he was. Like, it's not like Trump is a deep scholar of Israeli, like, history and politics or whatever. He was just doing what got him the most, like, kudos and money at the time. Yeah, it was so stupid. And he's, like, dined with notable anti-Semites. Yeah, so like, <laughs> just like I don't understand how you're. He's he's the most confusing, bizarre political figure that we've ever had, and it astounds me that he like is still you know that that someone like Aaron would have been donating to him as right. recently as two years ago, three years ago. That's insane. That's it's wild. I and so she basically said that. All of her views tend to be very liberal, except for mm-hmm. Israel, and that was sort of the reason that that's she was, the issue you yeah. vote on. I mean, oh my goodness there's gracious! A, wow. I mean, I guess that's she is Israeli. Really... There's a number of Jews for whom that is a huge, huge issue, but usually, like Joe Biden's not the one that you're concerned about. Yeah, like he's, like he's not like, the demo- The establishment Democrat Party is pretty pro uh, Israel too. Yeah, like, I'm. I'm just kind of confused by and, that. But and also, fine. yeah, it's very complicated in the Jewish community. We have a very complicated as American Jews mm-hmm. relationship with Israel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's just like there's a lot going on there. Right. Um, so, but I mean, that makes me feel slightly better about her. But it's not like it's just not something now that I can look at her and forget. Unfortunately, oh yeah, it's just been thrown in my face. Like every time I open Twitter. And someone's like, I love Aaron. And then right underneath it is like, she donated to Trump. And I'm like, oh. Although I'm of the opinion, though, that like, how do I say this without sounding like an asshole? I, uh, I don't think that, I don't think that housewives politics should be as relevant as they are. In the sense that, um, like, 
unless they're on the internet espousing terrible views like Kelly Dodd did, or, you know, are taking the time to like um, advertise these sort of bigoted stances about things. Like sometimes people are Republican, you know, and like, <laughs> it's, you know, look, it is what it is. I, yeah. It is what it is. I and it's like, it's not a bad I, thing. I wish, like, I didn't know that, you know? Like, I wish I didn't have to confront the... Like, Jennifer Aiden is a nut job Trump supporter. Like, I didn't want it. I didn't want to know that. She makes me laugh. And it's like, sometimes, like, fun people have terrible politics. And I think that if you get into a space where you're casting TV shows based on who voted for whom, you're going to get in, you're going to get in some trouble because what, what makes someone left enough and what makes them too right. And what makes them, you know, like I like, like Ramona, it wasn't the Trump support. It was the like racism. Yeah. (laughs) But like, I did not need to see the Ramona and Ebony K. Williams conversation about the election. Like, I just didn't need it. I know that that was like really important. And that was what everybody was talking about. It was 2020. It was like considered one of the most important elections of our lifetime. I know that they were not going to get away with having an election during filming of such magnitude and like not say anything. But at the same time, like, that's not what I wanted. Because when Bethany and Carol were talking their politics, it didn't feel so set up, weighted. It was just like, okay, well, Carol is someone who's invested in this. That's something she's very into. And, and I wanted to see Bethany's it. partner at the time was childhood. Was friends no, with Michael friends. Cohen. Best friends with Michael Cohen. Right. And so, like, there's an interesting dynamic there. But, like, I don't, like, I never want to see Jenna Lyons on camera pressing Aaron about donating to Trump, you know? And Aaron did come out and say, like, the LGBTQ stuff is very important to her. Access to abortion is very important to her. Where I'm just like, okay. So then why were you still, she's nuts. I don't buy There's that shit. There's a lot of nuts, people. I don't know. I, you know, it's interesting. Um Yeah, but I agree with you. I have like also defended a lot of, I don't know why, but I get really annoyed whenever people pull up FEC filings of like who donated Mm -hmm. to who and then go after. So like Lisa Barlow donated to Ted Cruz and everyone's like mad about it. And I was like, no, let me explain why what she did makes sense. She did this in April of 2016. What was happening in April of 2016? Sorry, guys. I live in D.C. It was the end of the primaries. The only other person left was Ted Cruz. Was Ted Cruz. And she didn't want And she did it only in that month. Mm -hmm. So she was a never Trumper, most likely. And she voted as a never Trumper, like all the other never Trumpers did. They kept at first they were behind Marco Rubio. Then when that was then it was mm-hmm. like, you know, they they got behind whoever they thought was the other viable option. But and, also like, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's like you shouldn't even have to you should I, I appreciate what you're doing, but it's like yeah. you shouldn't even have to do it because just because someone is announced as a cast member on a TV show doesn't mean you have to go and find out every political thought they've ever had right. since they were of voting age. Like, I think that that is another example of fans taking it too far. Unless these people offered to you, like, 
this is my belief and I stand by it and I'm putting this as part of my public uh, facing self, then leave it alone. Like, you know, like obviously like you can glean what these people are like. Like I would be so surprised if there was a Biden supporter besides Gina on the OC cast. Heather. But like, oh, Oh, of course, yes. But like, <laughs> but like, okay, am I supposed to not enjoy Tamara? Because I love that crazy bitch, you know? Like, <laughs> no, I, and also what's I'm coming to gr- like grips with, I don't know what the right phrasing is. The things that we don't like that we see on Housewives are the things that we don't like about our own society. Mm-hmm. And is it like, are we looking at a reflection of ourselves sometimes Mm. is because our society is made up of people with many different views. When we see the conversations about religion and race and that kind of stuff, they're messy people step in it, but that's how Mm -hmm. the conversations are in our society. When people interact who are from different backgrounds and don't have the same experiences, they don't have a shared language necessarily like not English, but like, the types of words and phrases that are used. Yeah. Like I wouldn't go to Salt Lake city and be disappointed. I found Republicans, right? Like that just seems like such a weird stance to take. It's Utah, you know, it's, she's a Mormon. Like I, you know, like I think obviously some people have abhorrent views, but bad ideas come as part of a package of a person. If I think that they have bad ideas, okay, but like, are they doing the thing I need them to do for me on TV? And yeah. if they are, like... And are all the democratic ideas good? No. Like, no. let's be honest. <laughs> and so, like, it's just, I just, um, I just wish that people wouldn't deep dive that way into politics unless, like I said before, it shows up on the show. Yeah, and I like when it shows up organically. That's what I think people didn't enjoy about that season with Ebony and mm-hmm. Ramona because it felt like Ebony it. was forcing it. But the one that conversation that felt the most organic to me was actually on Beverly Hills when they were talking about Brett Kavanaugh. And yes, exactly. that felt like a real dinner table conversation between people that felt differently. <laughs> And, and I loved watching it. <laughs> I loved it because I'm like, this is exactly the kinds of conversations that are happening mm-hmm. today, you know, or at that right. time. You would and talk, in, you know. And what I what I do enjoy, I will say this, is that like, I think that uh, so my demographic, like I'm a black woman in New York City and I'm middle class, but a lot of people like me are lower middle class, middle middle class or whatever. Um, it is fascinating to see what um, political or, or s- like social societal conversations are like when people are in that tax bracket because like Lisa Rinna is broker than Camille, right? So it's like, is Rinna liberal because she is less money than Camille or is Ramona more conservative because she has way more money than someone like Sonia, you know, like I'm very curious about what, when money is not an issue drives your political affiliation. I think a lot of times it's family and like mm. what you grow up around. I grew up but in Camille's a mix, like, you know, Camille, Camille is um, like a poor girl from Jersey, right? But Kelsey Grammer is like 
this notorious Hollywood Republican, like he's really, really hardcore. And so then you would imagine that if you're in a marriage with this legendary actor, you take on some of his political views. And so maybe that's how Camille Jersey sex worker arrives at (laughs) this very sort of like evangelical approach to politics, you know? Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I think, yeah, I agree with you that people should be a little easier. I had a hard time of all people with Emily Simpson just because she was following these like QAnon accounts. Mm-hmm. And but that, the OC women are all QAnon-y, you know. A little bit. And that, I'm like, no, but she's so smart. Like she's a smart, yeah. bright woman. What, this kind of scares me. Like, does she really believe these things? I get when Monique follows those people because she's cuckoo. <laughs> But, you know, like. <laughs> Monique is a nut job. She okay? is. She's insane. That's another one with a personality disorder. You need to read up on DSM-5 I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with Monique. She's, she's, she like does not. She lives in an alternate reality. Yes. She's it's extremely kind of conspiratorial where she yes, thinks she, like everyone's out to get her. Yes. Which she thought with like that whole. um not, she didn't Giselle get a DUI, the, whatever that. Oh thing. yeah, Ashley with the DUI, Giselle with the baby. Like she thinks everyone. Oh, she thinks Bravo set her up. She thinks yeah. like, everyone's out to get her, and her behavior yes. has nothing to do with her. It's right. She reacts, and they know how she's going to react, so they right. They try and get it out of her. But like anyone who goes on and on about essential oils and who has like. <laughs> animals die in their custody is someone that I like have a few questions about. She also has like delusions of grandeur. Like she, I mean, they all she do. Is, I mean, sure. Yes. She's on a show TV with Karen. And, <laughs> obviously if you go on TV, you think that your life should be filmed because you're you, you're obviously delusional, but I just, um, but she like, she uh, thinks she can control narratives in ways that I find very, very strange. Like the whole, like before the Candace fight, she like flooded the blogs with her version of the story. Mm -hmm. Or when she was, um, when Carlos King made her the foundation of the, of the spinoff he had called love and marriage Marriage. DC, when Mm -hmm. she was on there, she wanted to frame her marriage a certain way. And then when the audience took her husband's side, she started changing the narrative around her marriage. And then suddenly they were very happy and were always in pictures together and everything. And then a story came out that um, Ashley at BravoCon is like, oh, Ashley, Monique is separated. Monique does this whole PR I thing. I remember that. Like, yeah. I'm not separated. What the fuck is Ashley talking about? Blah, blah, blah. Four months later, files for divorce. She's... Absolutely not. She's the only housewife I've, I think I've like replied to on Twitter because she said something <laughs> that was so dangerous. And I was just like, I really hope you talk to your pediatrician about this. <laughs> She's probably just feeding her daughter coconut lavender like oil. Like something. I was just like, oh, I feel like this is going. And then she was like, she called me a sheep. Oh, I was like, oh, great. Yes. Go see a doctor. Sheep. <laughs> 
I was like, yeah, I'm going to take me and my master's of public health in like infectious disease (laughs) epidemiology and just like walk on out. I know nothing about this topic. Don't you understand? She is not a lazy mom. She knows what she's talking about. (laughs) I also found that like that name was offensive. And Giselle told her it was a bad name. Everybody told her it was a bad name. It's like offensive. It's like, oh, they're lazy moms. Yeah, like, what the fuck? But you're not. You're special because you use lavender essential oils. But also, she hated being a mom. Do you remember her first couple of seasons on the show? She was always complaining about having to be alone with the kids while her husband didn't help her raise the mom or whatever. And also, I personally think that she became a drunk housewife. I remember there was that season... Uh, I recently watched the episode where <laughs> Karen had Karen had the press release with no press. Oh, that was the one that literally made me fall in love with the press her. conference. Yes, it, it was, was one of like ridiculous. the best moments ever. And then it was like the free. What was the shirt that Giselle was wearing? Free oh, free, um, ben? free Ray or free, free Uncle Ray. Ben? Uncle Ben. That was, I was like, <laughs> yeah. oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> These women are Giselle incredible. That was Giselle's- my favorite, one of my favorite episodes of all time. Absolutely. So in that episode, um, in, the, in the confessionals, Monique's teeth are stained, wine stained, like red wine stained. And uh, also, uh, when Karen comes over to talk about the the article that was in the Washington Post mm-hmm. about Ray, she pours like heavy glasses of wine. And I and she and like that whole first season she was on the show, she just complained a lot about her husband not helping her with the kids and how much she had to do with the kids and how tired she was. And she was always pouring wine glasses. It wasn't until after she like crashed her car because she was asleep and she was tired, but not drunk. (laughs) We stopped really seeing her drink on camera. Mm. She's very image conscious. She's very, very, very image conscious. It's crazy. I wonder if Chris, now that they're divorcing, I wonder if Chris kind of looks back and goes, oh, wow, my wife made me look foolish. (laughs) Remember his mom never liked her? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, we're so mean. I I just can't. I can't wrap my head around her. She's just like, she's beautiful. She's absolutely stunning. I couldn't get over how early she potty trained one of those kids. That's like, do you think that was the truth? I don't know if that's the truth. It's definitely like not in alignment with like basic childhood development. (laughs) Like, like I don't believe her. And we still don't know how that bird died. Oh, I think it was negligence. I think it flew into a ceiling fan or something. Wait, is that, did I make that up or is that real? I don't know. Like, if you have a bird, like, don't turn on your fan. Right. And also, like, she why never are you letting said this... how he died. Well, and then remember when he ran away, but then, like, came back? Came and I'm like, back. was that the same bird or did you just, like, buy another bird? So, exactly. She's not well. She is not well. Like, what's it, didn't a wildlife expert be like, those birds don't return home? (laughs) (laughs) It's not a dog. Like, it's not like it knows its address. Exactly. You know, like, (laughs) this was, this is, 
that girl's crazy. I know we went off on a crazy tangent. Oh my gosh. Okay. Nuts. Before we end, we have to talk about OC because of course. I think one of my favorite lessons I ever learned from listening to you was when Shannon was divorcing David Bador, you said she needs to get busy. Mm-hmm. And I think of that all the time when I'm thinking about a guy or something. I'm just like, you know what? I just need to get busy. Because yes, get busy. Get or busy. Or at the very least, look busy. Yes, you know? exactly. Um, and also speaking of drinking too much on the show yeah it's kind of coming out from all angles like every single woman is saying shannon drinks she spills all the real stuff going on in her life and then she forgets that she said that stuff don't you remember that that was the case with karen on potomac a couple seasons back too where do you remember when karen and it was giselle and i think Ashley and Robin, who said that Karen would get drunk and call them and tell them, tell her all their business. And then I think Karen stopped doing that after a while. But it's, I remember seeing when I saw the confessionals, but the series of confessionals being like, yeah, she, uh, she just, gets drunk and spills i was like oh my gosh is bravo plying them with too much alcohol i was nervous about that well that's what some of the allegations are in this you know in this thing lawsuit, from bethany yeah. is that they give them a lot of access to alcohol and encourage drinking and then don't feed them so that they're often on empty stomachs okay and part of me is also like are they just not eating because like on beverly yes. Hills, they never want to eat but on other or same like, with shannon when she yeah. like she had that freak out. What's that? Um, that restaurant. She's not my place. Oh, oh, um, the quiet woman. The quiet. Yes. So there might be eating disorders. Bravo has nothing to do with, right? That's what I also think about the alcohol. Like no one forces you to drink, and there mm-hmm. are so many people on these shows that are sober or who just mm-hmm. don't drink. Like don't Margaret drink. Josephs has never had a sip of alcohol on this show, and she's not like Candy. a sober person. Candy yeah. also like some people just don't drink, and that's what they decide to do. I think what's difficult is the people that do drink that want to do it in moderation. Once you hit a certain level of drunkenness, like your ability to calibrate moderation Mm -hmm. goes out the window and every time shannon shows up to an event it's immediately a shot of tequila right she doesn't start slow she always like i remember like even like even uh she came to a party that that um I don't remember what episode it was. It was this season, though. But she, I remember someone was like, do you want something to drink? And she immediately said tequila. And I was like, she's not going to say champagne or wine or anything. It was like, it was not a tequila situation. It was like a, you know, but do you know her, what I mean? Every like, situation is a tequila situation. And like <laughs> what we've heard of the rumors with her and John Jansen is that they drink too much. Both, yes. That Both he's a of drunk them. as well. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. So I I thought this was one of the most like incredible episodes. It was great. It was because great. the juxtaposition of Emily with doing all the stuff with the Innocence Project and how <laughs> Sorry, and, 
was so I'm sorry. incredible. It's, that is that is really funny. I'm not laughing at the innocence no, project. It's the best, it was the best television because she's like, it really makes me realize like I don't have anything to complain about. Like, of course mm-hmm. I complain, and uh, but it it puts things back into perspective. Of course, and then here's Shannon drunk <laughs> crying and, and just, on the phone about and, John and just about people not coming to her taco party. I mean, that's like, the worst <laughs> thing that's ever happened. Like and, that juxtaposition killed was me fantastic yes it was brilliant. so good and that's whatever that's evolution i think is that the production company that yeah are they OC? the ones that do beverly hills too? well beverly hills and vanderpump are evolution but i don't know if oc is also i just assume because they're in the same same area area okay. that it would be easier i don't know i have no idea but that was just incredible this episode editing. yes Oh my god! And um, Emily's won me over again. Like I'm like I don't care if she's cute and on. Like she's incredible. I <laughs> I still like Gina too. God forgive me. I like Gina. I don't mind her so much. I like her in certain situations. She, a, she was a little more annoying last season than she's been this season. I think. She's not as annoying, but it was like a little bit annoying for her to try and compare herself, like spending less than 24 hours in jail with people who've spent like 27 years for something <laughs> they didn't do when she spent time in jail for something she definitely did. Definitely did. <laughs> like, it was like... <laughs> but if, if a housewife is not tone deaf, is she a housewife? Right, right. I I appreciated that part of it, but it was just like, oh my god, does she oh not realize? No, she like she's no like, clue. oh, I really feel for them because like I've been in jail right. too. Right. <laughs> what? That just I had to rewind it to be like, is she yeah. joking? She did say it. She said that, and she was sincere. <laughs> <laughs> she just was like sincere. What was really tough was Shannon saying that her kids would be taken by Child Protective Services, which is just like not even accurate. That's not is what they Shannon, do. Aren't also aren't her kids like old? Like the twins are like seventeen. They're eighteen, right? I think. <laughs> so How do what? I know this? I'm like Stella and Adelaide, <laughs> formerly Ladies of Rock Lock. <laughs> oh yes, I remember their band. Why can I remember this? And I like don't that know what I had so for funny. lunch. Um, I like. Well, she said it about Gina's kids, but what would have happened is they would have called oh, the sorry. dad, or they would have called like grandparent. Like they don't just like give your kids up to child protective Shop, services yes. because you happen to be arrested for a short period of time. Like that's not. <laughs> A thing. Shannon is, if we're talking about conspiratorial, Shannon is the epitome of everyone's out to get her. Yes. Um, she is the unwitting victim of every possible bad thing that could possibly happen. She um, thinks things that no one else would think or <laughs> she th- does things that no one else would do. And I don't think, you know, if she's drinking as much as they say she is and her partner's drinking as much as they say he is, then she doesn't have anyone with clarity to sort of set her on the right path. Um, which is, and then she, she, she emotionally cannot handle being corrected. So it's, it's, um, it's pretty jarring. I, like I've never quite enjoyed her. Because um, her meltdowns are like, uh, 
she it's like a slow moving car crash but it's been like slow moving for six years so like i just i'm like when is the car gonna crash you know i appreciate her so much because (laughs) she shows this like type of emotion and a little bit of vulnerability by letting us into her thought patterns that I feel like the other housewives hide from us. Like their insecurities, their they like boast that they have it all together and that nothing bothers them. And then you've got her and everything bothers her. And she's like my, pretty open my, about how my frustration she is. though is that my frustration though is that she doesn't want to have it together. Right? Like she's just kind of flailing and she doesn't know how to fix things and she doesn't seem to have a plan to try to fix things. It's just ah! all the time. <laughs> so <laughs> I have anxiety. I've had mm-hmm. it since I was a kid and um, it's been particularly rough this summer and I've mm-hmm. seen a therapist and she said, can you come up with a name for your anxiety so that we can like talk about it being like a thing within you, but not who you are. Right. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I could come up with was like Storm's Bedore. <laughs> like Shannon Storm's Bedore. Like that's the part of that's like the thing in me that makes me I'm so nervous for I don't know why, you know, like thinking about the worst case scenario. And I just hear it like in Shannon's voice almost. Oh, my goodness. Like in, I'm like, that must be so grating because her anxious voice is up here. Well, my it's for me, it's like an inner voice that I mm-hmm. that's constantly like catastrophizing things right you know and I just have to like reel myself back like over and over and like practice like this is not actually going to lead to that (laughs) it's not (laughs) a logical process like but I just appreciate her meltdowns in a way that I I don't know if with anyone else that would annoy me but with her it doesn't um I guess maybe what is so frustrating about her to me is that like and this might sound cruel, but I don't like a victim. Mm. And, and like, it would be one thing if things were happening to her and she was like properly grieving them or she was properly acknowledging her feelings, but she doesn't acknowledge her feelings. She just lets them explode. Right. And then she pretends that it didn't happen that way. And then like, if something goes wrong, it's someone else's fault. She has never invited negative situations into her life. She's never had anything to be mm-hmm. responsible for. She's just like, even the conversation with Heather, like she would not acknowledge that she has probably told other people things. It's just all Heather's fault. That's it. That's all. I'm in a bad relationship but that's not the problem. The problem is that Heather's telling people I'm in a bad relationship. Right. And off it's camera. probably not. Yeah. Off camera. But it's a thing I didn't want to talk about. And then and then as she's exiting the argument reveals more stuff that we didn't know. Like, oh, the kids hate me. Like, so is that <laughs> Heather's fault too? Heather. I mean, at the end of the day, I feel like Tamara set this all up. Because she's the one that talked about it on camera. Mm -hmm. And that's her, like, BFF. So Heather not once brought it up on camera. 
it was only once it was brought to her attention that she was like, I mean, we're a little concerned, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff. And, and and also, like, I understand wanting to keep certain things off camera. But why are we talking on camera about keeping it off camera? Like, because she's so that that's what I loved is she's like, you can't use this. It's like you have a mic on. Girl. Like, it's so funny to me. I mean. Everyone else, it would annoy me that they were trying to hide things like Robin when she tries to hide stuff. I'm like, just that be didn't honest. That bother me. I honestly, that does not bother me because um, I think, and Kenya said this in her um, interview with Carlos King that I didn't listen to myself. <laughs> I only heard people recap. <laughs> but she said, you know, that um, that she likes to keep romantic relationships off the show because like reality TV does destroy romantic relationships. And I think that's true. I I think especially if it's a new one. Um, I do think a lot of women get on these shows to divorce their partners, (laughs) but like, but um, I do think that you're, if you're in a new relationship, this show can really, really hurt it. So like, um, so like with Shannon and, uh, like a Kenya or whatever, if they're keeping a relationship or relationship problems off the show, I totally get it. And then I extend that to Robin because if, first of all, I think Robin deserves more grace with Juan because Juan is a Baltimore legend and Robin is a Baltimore girl. And she's of the age because she's Juan's age where he would be the guy. So like, She's basically a basketball wife, and we all know basketball wives accept cheating. She's a basketball wife to a legend in her for her generation in her hometown. Like she's, I think she's still starstruck by her husband, and I think she's still so glad to be chosen, quote unquote, by him. And then, too, there's no way that after everyone in the world on my cast all of this have been making fun of me and calling my relationship fake. And I've been here probably in the relationship by myself, but still championing it and being like, it's not fake. It's not fake. It's not fake. I've fallen out with Wendy because she called my relationship fake. There's all this stuff about my relationship being fake. If that man cheats on me as I'm planning a wedding, you think I'm coming to the world with that? The humiliation. You think I'm volunteering that? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I I get that. What I didn't like was that trying to expose other cheating on the cast or trying to... Did she do that or was that Karen? Well, Karen was trying to expose Robin. Okay. I I see your argument. I found it kind of annoying because mainly that she put it behind like a paywall. Like, oh, that's for Patreon. Like, I'm trying to make money. It's like, no, if you're going to make money off your personal life, that's on Bravo and I get to watch it. Fair enough. But the thing is, Robin would never have said anything if the girl that was supposedly getting flown out to hotels didn't make herself public. Robin didn't go, hey, I'm going to tell this story about my man cheating on me, even though we just got married without a I feel like she owes us something more than what she's given us. us. I don't think she owes us that her man cheated on her. 
Maybe not that, but that, something. And I feel like there's something that she's always holding back that we never really fully see the full her. And I well, want she to. gave us so much before. Think about how open she was about being broke, chasing these yeah. stupid businesses, whatever. I think that there is, and I this goes back to what I was saying about Atlanta, that the um, producer, the production team is so focused on these fights between the women in group settings that they forget to chase the stories of each woman's individual lives. When was the last time we saw a home story about Robin? It's like Juan was calling her lazy during the pandemic. Okay, who cares? But like, what's happening at Mia's house? What's happening at Ashley's? Like, they don't do that. They just make them fight. And then the internet calls it colorism. And I just don't want that anymore. And so I think, you know, I think that Robin has given us a lot in the previous seasons. I agree with you. She has given us a lot. I just, this, this one that bothered me, I don't know why. And and it bothers me more with Giselle because Giselle shares even less of her personal life. Yes. So <laughs> yeah, it's like when it was like, oh, I thought it would be Giselle that would be exposed for something like this, not Robin. Like I didn't think Robin was hiding that much from us. And then it felt like she really was. I, it just I didn't, it didn't, wasn't my favorite, but I get why I just think that I shouldn't have to give you everything. I think, I think Shannon gives us a lot to be fair. She does. And, and, uh, and she's probably the most honest person we've seen on that show. And this isn't the first time she tried to protect the secrets of a relationship and either Vicky or Tamara put it out there. I mean, didn't Vicky allege that David... Hit, hit her, her. Mm-hmm. so I like I I'm not I don't know like Shannon went through a very humiliating divorce on camera and she gave so much during that I don't think it's such a bad thing if she wants to hide another terrible relationship I just think that she needs to be more responsible about That's how she's it. hiding That's it, then. it like if you getting drunk and calling everybody then like okay girl you're not doing enough because you know? what Emily is essentially saying is I share all my crap with my relationship on camera and I get paid less than you mm-hmm. you get paid more to not share things and no, I get paid more because I've been, I've been here there longer, longer and I've I know. already given too much shit to this fucking, and your man's not going to leave you. My yeah. man is going to leave yeah, me. Yeah, that, you know what? At the end of the day, I think it's easier to show marital problems when the marriage has a solid foundation. Yeah. And I don't think that would be an argument that would make a whole lot more sense if she were to tell Emily, like, mm-hmm. yeah, you're showing everything, but you actually have a solid marriage. Right. And this man's kids don't like me. He's never slept over. <laughs> that's insane. Like, she that's pays for crazy. everything. That killed me because the- she's paying for her kids' education because David oh, won't yeah, she help. Got screwed. She got she screwed got in that screwed. settlement. And the kids got screwed. Like, of all of the things that a wealthy person should pay for for their kids, I think college it's is, education. like, number one. Yeah, yeah education. That you, you don't need to, like, set them up for life with all this other stuff or give them, like, lots of clothes and cars. No, get them an education and make it so that they don't need to have student loans. Like, that's the right. best gift you can give your kids. I agree. And... 
I am just disgusted that he doesn't do uh, that. He's, and he's a he's, he's a horrible. He's, he's speaking of people like saying that they're going to get divorced and getting back together. I mean, I think they've been are through they finally this. divorcing? This no, they're time together again because oh, she posted something that someone else put online because I don't follow her. I don't even know her name, but that um, look at who I ran into in Yellowstone, my husband. Uh, and it was like what they're a mess so i but, but also, she should like, be spending money on herself um, shannon right and her daughters and, and she doesn't John. need to fund his lifestyle if his, he wants and, to have a boat and he wants to go to nobu every night he needs to pay, pay at least half it. and then didn't didn't heather also say like heather also said that he likes the limelight and that's why he's with shannon and I'm like, I don't know. And if Shannon is the one who's reporting this, I don't know what kind of pain I would be in to sort of know that I'm in a partnership with a person who's actively just using me. You know, like there's just a bunch of cruelty happening there. Like he's not sleeping over. I mean, there's so much intimacy developed from sharing a bed with a person and then you're paying for everything and he likes being popular around town. Like she's in a bad situation and I would prefer they counsel her out of it as opposed to talking about it on camera. But Shannon's not being responsible with her information. And if she doesn't want it to get out, then she should be more careful. I think this has been going on for three years and this is finally the explosion Mm. after at least three years of this. How long has she been with John? She's been with him a while and a lot of the drunk calling started happening during COVID. And then she, and she, and then uh, in the preview for next week or something, didn't like somebody go, uh, isn't he, do you think he's just not ready for marriage? And I think maybe she's hitting the where's my ring kind of phase. Ah. I mean, how could you have a ring if you can't agree on, like if your kid's, like that's just a non-starter like well so like i'm curious like i know we can't answer these questions here like (laughs) like what don't they like like i Mm. i mean i you know because like uh i've never had a step parent i've never had to deal with that and there's it's one thing where you're like you're just not my mom so i don't like you but then it sounds way deeper than that so my mom passed away and I'm my dad did. Re- yeah, thank you. Um, is she, and that's actually how I got really into Bravo because like my apartment <laughs> burned down and then my mom died like 13 days later. And oh, I no. I just like, what do you do besides yeah, like, you just start watching Housewives? It's yeah. <laughs> like, OK, well, it's like in, waiting for my like house to be rebuilt kind of a thing. So <laughs> um, but my dad did remarry. And it was really important to him that we liked whoever he would date. And it was also important to my mom that he be allowed to have another partner in life, which Mm -hmm. when she was sick, she told him he like wouldn't listen. He got really mad at her and didn't talk to her for like a day. Um, (laughs) And then, yeah, and it's this woman, my stepmom Joyce is like, such an amazing woman, right? Like my brother and I would have sucked it up for almost anyone because we want our dad to be happy. We care Mm -hmm. more about that. My mom's not coming back. Mm -hmm. It would be annoying if he was with someone that like was overbearing and trying to like step into the mother role, but Mm -hmm. she's just like, let it happen organically. 
like where we kind of lean on her a little more and a little more, you know, with time. But I, I don't see Shannon letting things I like think, that happen organically. I think, exactly. I think that's the issue. I think she maybe they know their dad has a bit of an alcohol, alcohol issue problem. and mm-hmm. she makes it worse because together they drink too much and maybe their dad is acting different and he's not a good person when he's drunk and when he's with her and that kind of stuff and he's maybe into being seen and going to expensive and they they're just like this is not a good influence that's right because wasn't there that rumor that shannon was arguing with the daughter that wasn't a rumor she said that that happened and that the rumor Whoa. was that she was like escorted out by security and that was not. And she said that's not true. That's not true. They were helping her get an Uber. <laughs> so you were escorted out by security. <laughs> <laughs> what? So, so here's my my yeah. thing. When I heard that rumor, I was like, there's no, um, if we're not together anymore, right? If I'm not still dating your father. There's no reason for me to be arguing with a child. No matter how old the the child of this person is, you are his child. There should not be any contentious interaction between us if I'm no longer partnered with him. So I'm just trying to understand what this like toxic dynamic between them all is. Why is she still going out to dinner with him if they're broken up? Exactly. And why why are his kids coming along? Like for me, it's just like if I'm not part partnered with your father anymore there's no reason for us to communicate in a toxic way it should be high and by how are you how's life well the end. they started going to dinner and they, they're friends again i think the problem is alcohol i think they get drunk and she just can't control her behavior and she says things that upset them they've never mm-hmm. gone to the press they've never like that would be so easy for um you know, someone to do an expose and be like, mm-hmm. I talked to John Jansen's kids and this is what they have to say. They do not. They stay away mm-hmm. from it. So I'm inclined to kind of side with them. And I can see mm-hmm. why Shannon wouldn't be. She'd be overbearing. She'd be kind of she's kind of neurotic. And kind I can <laughs> see her wanting to put her and her kids needs before them. Okay, okay. That's yes. what I would she, see. She and that would be self-centered. She's very she's all of the housewives are. And but she is like pretty bad yeah like she's she's it's about me i'm anxious i'm anxious we're all anxious i'm anxious i'm anxious you know exactly and i just no one wants their like parent that they love to be with someone that is like all they them in that way yeah that's my take on it like if my dad brought home shannon i don't know if i'd like that very (laughs) different situation than who he brought home right yeah like I don't think I'd like that. I don't think I'd like that. Sure. I, but I also can't picture having such an overbearing mom. Like my mom is like annoying. Right. But she's your standard annoying. Like she's your like, do this thing I told you to do whatever. She's not like telling me every terrible possible outcome of me taking a left turn instead of a right turn. Yeah. No, that would drive me crazy. Also. Yeah. Once you become an adult, and luckily I was able to be an adult with my mom alive for a number of years, it's just you're updating each other on your day. There's no, like, she's not telling me what to do. She's not, Mm -hmm. if I ask for advice, she'll give it, but she doesn't give it unsolicited. She didn't do that. Like, we're friends now. Yeah, Yeah. that that was the most fun part. 
And we were even friends growing up. Like, not that she was, like, going to drink with me or anything like that. Yeah. Just it felt like a safe place to share, a safe person right. to share things Shannon with. doesn't strike me as someone that would make <laughs> anyone feel safe. Right. Not at all. And her daughter. And it's crazy oh because she's, like, she's a beautiful woman. Um, when she's being fun, she's fun. I just, you know, and, like, Obviously, John sees something in her. He was interested at the very least at first. Like, she's probably charming in certain situations. It's just too much. She's too much to me for me through the screen. So I can't imagine what it must be like if she's smashing your dad. (laughs) Okay. And before we end, I just need to get your thoughts on Jen with two ends because we haven't discussed her yet. Um, (laughs) you don't wife up the. You don't wife up the slut. Like, I, I just know. don't understand. She knows that. Like, she's not trying to wife him up. Like, she's trying to avoid the engagement. Yes, but she is defending him like a like a ride-or-die wife would be. Because I remember her episode of Watch What Happens Live. He was in the audience with merch. Oh, like, yeah, I forgot he, about that. Like, she really is. She's really, like... It would be one thing. I mean, like Tamara's being a dickhead, right? But like, it's all she's going hard to defend him. Like, I wish she would just be like, I don't care. Like, I'm with him now. But she's not saying I don't care. I'm with him now. She's like trying to salvage his reputation because it seems like she thinks that that reflects on her. And uh, I don't I mean, you know, just just keep having fun and just be just be like, that's my man. Like, whatever. You know, instead of trying to make him palatable to the rest of us, we all think he's gross. So just keep doing what you're doing. I know. I know. I do think she's sweet. She's definitely like the first episode. I did not like her. You didn't. I liked her right away. I liked. Okay, I did like her, but I really didn't like how she talked about foster care. Okay, that was weird. It It was super. It's very like, um tax write-off kind of like, like white savory like, yeah exactly like you're so lucky that we were he- i don't know and it got you i got you the brown kid to show my <laughs> biological children what it means to not have anything like right, right. that was that's creepy awful i was like this can't be why she adopted him like that can't be i mean it is why i mean isn't that why a lot of people adopt trans racially is that what they call it so like i i mean it's one of those things where it's just like okay you kind of expect that kind of terrible to come from people of this class in this area doing you know this thing um i think i like her because uh she's she's feisty right and she's sharp and she's probably way messier than she's showing us and I'm looking forward to when she's comfortable enough to fully be herself because anybody who would ruin her marriage and her life with for this man is a mess (laughs) is a mess is a mess you're totally right there's so much more to her I find her a doctor you are you had a nice happy family you're respected in the community she's a doctor isn't she Jen that was Jen last year. Oh. <laughs> Oops. They, they're like interchangeable, right? Like the bleach blonde hair and the tan. And when she was like, oh, about her son, like your beautiful brown skin and beautiful brown oh. eyes. And I was like, 
then it was in the confessional. She was as brown as him. Oh, yes. No. (laughs) And also, I remember. Yes, I remember. um, I saw Ryan and I was like, why is he tanned like a black person? And then it cut to the confessional. She was also the color of a black person. But her face isn't. Everything else. I was like, this is nuts. Like the amount of spray tan. It's, it's like, crazy. are you doing this so that he feels like <laughs> he's part of the family? <laughs> I do think that that conversation she had with him was very sweet and very endearing and talking about his birth mom and saying like lovely things about his birth mom and kind of preparing him to meet the birth mom one day. Like it all was really lovely. And it's re- I mean, like, I don't I'm 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 sure there's more. I'm sure yes. there's more. And, that's- and, and the fact that she's so attracted to someone as messy and complicated as Ryan, too. Like, he doesn't make her life easier, you know? She chose a difficult way out of her marriage. Yes. It's like, so, the most difficult way. Like, had she so left him without cheating, it would be a very different scenario. Right. But she's, she got cheated out of her relationship. And then she's sticking hardcore by this person who, at the very least, even if he doesn't do all the things the rumors about town say he does, he certainly does enough to warrant the rumors. And, like, even just looking at his eyes, like, he's... (laughs) There's something up. There's something up. Okay. Right. This is... Maybe the dick is just good. (laughs) I think that's how it is, right? Like, (laughs) that's... She says we've got a great Listen, sex life. So yeah, like I mean, I've been pounded into dizziness about a boy, so I get it. <laughs> I get it. Um, I've kept you so much longer than I expected. Thank you so much Ooh, for your time. No this was like I talk too much. Is the thing? No, I love it. I love getting into all the Potomac stuff. I you have to come back once Potomac is on because yes, 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 yes. I, I'll defend Robin. I love and it. I also to the day I die. <laughs> I love watching like where they actually film things because I live in D.C. Okay, gotcha. And so, like, I was at a birthday party last month that was at the place where they had the spring fling. Oh, yes! (laughs) Like, that's, like, (laughs) six blocks from me or, like, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah, like, I could walk there. Well, then you have to go find the venue where they just got into that fight that we saw on social media. I will find it. It's probably farther. (laughs) So sometimes they film a lot farther out from D.C. Like, we went to the winery, a bunch of the podcasters from, like, the D.C. Virginia the winery where the fight happened yeah and we recreated the fight (laughs) that's amazing do you know Taria Taria was Monique oh my god (laughs) and I was Ashley who was in the bathroom the whole time and didn't know what happened hilarious that is so fucking funny did you guys get it on camera yeah it's somewhere it's like from two years ago I think that is so funny I'll send it to you um and RT from The Reality oh, Is yes. was, I think, Candace. Oh, my God. Oh, the whole thing was just so funny. I can't, that I can't is, remember sounds, everyone. Who, that sounds amazing. Who it was. But it was, it was like, so much fun. I loved. And that winery is amazing. Like, it's such a nice winery. But when we were there. <laughs> so that chaos happening in such like, a nice place. The, the farmhouse where it was in wasn't open when we were there. So they, like, actually okay. opened it for us and turned all the lights Shut on. Up. Because we, like, 
they like heard we all did pot like podcasting for it. They literally set up a, like a table. Like they were like, and this was not in advance. Like while we were there, they're like, "Oh, why are you guys here?" We told them, and they're like, That's "Oh, hilarious. that was crazy." Wait, do you think that they got a lot of publicity? They from said that? They, they a ton. They said like every time a group of girls shows up, <laughs> they like there's like a one in two chance that they watch Potomac. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. See, that's what's so different. I wish like New York were a smaller city in that regard because like New York is like one amazing city, obviously, but I don't have. A... <laughs> so like when in the old school uh, New York, they would just make so much fun of Alex for living in Brooklyn because it is a different world. It is a completely different world. And so like all the venues and stuff that they go to, like, I would just never be there. There's, like, never a reason. And, like, New York's not the kind of town where it would be charming to go to a restaurant because you saw it on Housewives. Or You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm so jealous of you in that regard. It's it's so fun. I really enjoy, like, going to a lot of the places. And then the other really funny thing is that, like, Ashley Darby – and a bunch of my friends have kids that are the same age and like live in the same area and kids oh, go wow. to the same school. And so one of my friends, his um, kids are in the same class as Dean and they like <laughs> see Ashley at all the birthday parties because the kids are too young to like go to birthday parties on their own. Alone, and yeah. so they keep seeing Ashley and his my friend's wife was like, oh, the way she talks to her kids is so annoying. She uses like a kid voice. And, oh, no. And she's just like, I talk to my kids like in my normal voice. Like, yeah. hey, what do you guys want for a snack? You know, yeah, it's exactly. <laughs> and they're just like constantly. And it turned out the kids are now friends. So they like oh, wow. have to. Yeah. it's And they don't watch the show. <laughs> oh, what a waste. So they, they always like will message me every once in a while. And they're like, you know, do you recognize this woman? And, and that was how it started. <laughs> that's great. That's great. So yeah. that's kind of fun. And everyone like seems to know Candace in the city like from yeah isn't some... she like kind of a socialite kind of thing going on it's like didn't she also work in the Obama White okay. House right she did not she worked oh. on the campaign for DC for Obama and mm-hmm. I met at Orange Theory one of her former supervisors <laughs> okay oh boy and was like, she a mess I, I think like she was let go Oh, I also or, or I don't know if if she had to like or, it was definitely not as big of a position as she's like made it out to be. I think it was also right, campaign, not policy. Like once he's also in the like, White House. Yeah. Like, of course, it's not as big a position as she made it out to be because God forgive me, she's doing much better than I am. But her career would have turned out very differently if, if she were that instrumental and, to like, the Obama White about yeah. that particular yeah like and God forgive me it's not nice but like her husband wouldn't be who he is if she had like some real influence in DC she would have married like a lobbyist someone else yeah someone else in like policy yeah. or someone of social stature that like her mom would approve of if she were cons- in in a position that your that was her whole mattered. life. Yeah. I also know a lot about, did you watch Summer House Martha's Vineyard? 
I don't, I didn't watch it because I was really jealous of those people. One, they're astonishingly good looking. And two, I want to be bougie black on Martha's Vineyard. <laughs> it was great. I highly recommend it to anyone. I like, it's also only maybe eight episodes or something. It's mm-hmm. not long. So you should definitely watch it. But okay. Preston works. Mitchell. In yeah. Yeah. A similar, I know him from black Twitter. I I know him because he used to work at the Trevor Project. and Oh, okay, okay. Um, yeah, he's an activist, right? He is. And he basically, like, left the Trevor Project and, like, torched it on the way out. Like, bad-mouthed it in, like, a series of very long tweets, like, calling them out for all of this shit and not being oh, a wow. safe place for black queer people. Black, okay, yeah. And that kind of stuff. And... We, like at my organization, there's someone who works with Trevor, Trevor Project a little bit and was just kind of like side-eyeing like, ooh, this is not good, you know? And <laughs> <laughs> and then they fired 10% of their staff the day at, that Pride ended. <gasps> that was like two months ago. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. So they waited. They were like, "We know we're gonna fire you, but, but let we're them just have gonna wait June. until July 1st. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> There's a lot of drama with the Trevor Project. Um, okay, so he got I out had, when it was good. Yeah, I had heard about a little bit of it, but he is someone who does not keep quiet when he thinks something is unjust. That's fair, and I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, well, then maybe I'll try it out. Oh, you should definitely try it out. There are some things in there that literally had me crying, laughing. I know. I saw the, like, fight about the dog. Okay, yeah. Everything about the dog was hilarious because the woman who has the dog and says it's an emotional support dog, like, that dog needs an emotional support dog. (laughs) (laughs) I saw that, like, she was talking crazy to her partner in the last episode. And her partner is the most German German to ever German. <laughs> German. Like, he, I mean, we knew he was a white dude from Germany, but like he shows that he's so earnest. He's so sweet um, and so calm compared to her and just wants to like party it up. And they all like, were, you know, weren't going to like him. And he shows up. He works for some watch company. He got them all like thousand dollar watches. and <laughs> Like no oh, one wow. complained again. Okay. Okay. Well, then, listen. I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna watch. Let me so, try to he was—he made me laugh so hard because his accent's so thick, and everyone like tries to understand, but like clearly can't half the time. <laughs> Is he wealthy. Yeah, he seems pretty wealthy, but he seems to like really love her, and I think she really loves him. She's just made for Nuts. reality TV. The rest <laughs> okay. of them just happen to show up on reality okay. TV. She <laughs> was made, made for it. For it. All right, all right. I'm sold. I'm sold. I'm going to try okay. it out tonight. You have to let me know what you think because that, that was just, <laughs> it was so funny. Okay. Tell everyone where they can find you, um, how they can support the writers during the strike, anything you want to plug. Um, I can be found on Twitter at Ray Sani, although I've slowed down a little bit on Twitter, you know, X or whatever they call it. Now. <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, trying not to line Elon Musk's pockets too much. Um, and I'm on Instagram at Rafizzle87. I have a couple of things coming up. Um, we're doing a uh, show at the at Littlefield in Brooklyn on September 15th. It's going to be a bunch of comedians putting on a show. I can't get too into details right now, but be on the lookout for my um, posts on social media about it. I'm really excited. It's a fundraiser for uh, striking writers. Um, 
And uh, there are entertainment funds that you can donate to. I wish I had the links on my brain right now, but don't just Google entertainment community fund and um, any sort of places that uh, ask you to donate to support striking writers, striking actors. We would really, really appreciate it because the AMPTP is bugging out and they don't seem ready to really engage with us seriously. Um, I've been very fortunate in my career, so I have not, you know, suffered as much as a lot of other writers have. But truly, this is about like preserving our industry and our ability to provide for our families. I don't have a family to provide for, but I want a kitten. But um, I've been really fortunate to not have been hit with things like how Netflix does writers rooms or, you know, short term assignments. But I have seen friends suffer greatly from barely existing, you know, residuals checks and like small short rooms and like not being able to reach the healthcare threshold. And I promise you, writers need mental health <laughs> providers oh, God, more than yeah. anybody on the planet. So um, please, this is. I'm, I'm appealing to emotions here, but this is also just an important labor action that, you know, I think will affect industries from here to A to Z outside of just television. And so, you know, if you like us and you support what we're standing for, just find places to donate or at least just be vocal online, you know, so the AMPTP knows that like their audience wants them to do better and be better. And uh, thank you for giving me space to talk about that. that of really course. Nice. It's so important. It's, it's shocking how bad it is. I don't think I understood until I'm so far from the entertainment industry, yeah. you know, so. And we've been about on it, strike. Like- I didn't think we would be striking this long. Like we went pencils down on May 1st. It is August 26th. Like I was not, you know, like my funds are gone too now. Like, and they said something crazy about wanting to, you know, let us strike out of house and home all the way till November. And I just, that's cruelty unparalleled. So, you know. What a horrible thing to even say. I know. And you know what I mean? So like crazy. they're doing like, it, what but the like disconnect. to say it is. To say it, I just was like, do they think they're going to win this PR war? And they absolutely have not. I think it's something like 67% of the general public supports the writing strike and the actor strike, which means that people who aren't particularly informed agree with us too. I mean, so. And the other 33% just Probably don't even don't know there's care. a strike happening. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. But yes. Um, And I just, you know, want to disabuse people of this notion that we're all like millionaires who are whining. That is absolutely not the fucking case. You know, like most people are not making Tom Cruise money. That's just a fact. And, um, you know, this isn't for nothing. Um, Yeah. Well, the average right, not writer, the average actor in WGA brings home $26,000 or SAG. Sorry. Yeah. I'm. And that's not enough to qualify for the healthcare Healthcare. threshold, which is crazy. So yes. Um, And yeah, and I'll just be tweeting about housewives when I, when I get excited too. Um, I'm really, really looking forward to this Atlanta reunion because finally we'll get something real (laughs) and not these manufactured uh, fights that have been on the show. I'm looking forward to it too. And also Salt Lake starting. I'm just curious. I'm, 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 
never enjoyed Mary Cosby. So <laughs> I'm 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 going to see how they reintegrate her without Jen Shaw there because I but I just you know I just don't want her to be mean to uh Whitney again Whitney's my baby I love Whitney I think she's just gonna be mean to Heather this time because she says she looks inbred okay (laughs) that was hilarious like so you think I look inbred she's like "Uh uh-huh yes (laughs) (laughs) that trailer did look good I will say the trailer looked good um but I took a break on um Salt Lake City halfway through last season so it was a little bit much. Love. It was, yeah. yeah, obsessing over everything but Jen Shaw. That was, and like, then, and then, like when she pleaded guilty, I knew the outcome, so I didn't care about her lying to her friends because she was exposed already. You know, there was no. As soon as she was indicted me. by the Southern District of New York, I knew she was guilty. She was guilty? Sure. But yeah. it's just like, the I mean, like the audacity to be filming this TV show, <laughs> telling everyone you're innocent. And then by like by November, please, like that was, I just was like, and then I didn't care about whether or not she would show up to the reunion. Any smart lawyer would tell her not to. Like, I just didn't, there wasn't this she she deflated the balloon like there was no reason to be excited about that story anymore and so i kind of tapped out yeah it was boring otherwise you know fair yeah okay i'll leave you alone (laughs) no 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 um thank you so much definitely need to have you back and we Uh, will we will talk soon okay bye 